Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Lady Lily. And this is your girl, Millie Red. And welcome back to the Criminality Report. The Criminality Report. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we have been reviewing some of our most listened to episodes. And this episode that we're going to be um, reviewing is one of the most, it is the most Mm -hmm. listened to episode. Yep. And this is about Mitzi Sanchez. Yes. And um, this is actually an incredible story of how Mitzi was kidnapped and how she survived and escaped. Mm Mm-hmm. At a very, very young age. Yep. And Mitzi Sanchez is doing so many good things in the community right now. She has her own nonprofit organization. She is a woman of faith. hmm And she is thriving. Oh, yeah. Thriving. And this situation did not define her. Yeah. It was an awful situation that she had to go through. And then the part, like re-listening to it, the part that really always like, it just disturbs me to the core is that he went to her house with her in the car asking her parents for flyers to pass them out. Yeah. Yeah. I just, the audacity of him to to do that was just like, wow, like you really are evil. I would encourage every listener to check out her foundation. It is going to be listed in the description below. Without further ado. Yes. Oh, you know what? Rewind. After this episode, we're going to be taking a break. Yes. um, Because we're going to be doing some recordings and doing some planning, but we do have some exciting things coming up in January, especially with some of our listeners. So Mm -hmm. we're so excited about these up and coming things that's happening soon that you will all find out about. Yes. And it might have to do with space. Oh my God. It may have to do with space. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. You should see Lady Lily's face right now. (laughs) All I can say is no. (laughs) Um, We want to wish everyone happy holidays. Yes. Since it's a holiday season. Take care of yourselves. Be please a little take care bit of yourself. Please be kind to one another. There's a lot of yes. things going around in this world right now. I implore yeah. you all to educate yourselves on what is happening all around our world and, you know, thinking of positive, yeah. good vibes. Um just be kind to one another and and think yeah. positive, kind thoughts about one another during this Show time. Show more love. Show yeah. more love instead of hate, you know. That's it, man. Yeah. Show that love. Show that love. Without further ado, let's listen to the story of Miss Mitzi Sanchez. Mitzi Sanchez. Bye, y'all. 
Bye. What's up, everyone? I'm Lady Lily, and I'm Millie Red, and you are listening to the Criminality Report. We hope you are staying safe and healthy during this holiday season. For this episode, we have a captivating case to share with you tonight. This case was suggested to me by a close friend. We pulled information from various articles and websites, which will be in the show notes. But I must admit, in doing the research. It led me down a rabbit hole of anger, hope, and despair. So, major trigger warning. This case is very heavy because it includes graphic descriptions of physical and sexual violence towards minors. All right, everybody, I hope you're ready for this. So, let's start with the facts. In the U.S., hundreds of thousands of children are exploited and missing each year. According to the FBI, in 2021, there were 337,195 entries for missing children. Mm. Unfortunately, the exact number of missing children is unknown because, believe it or not, not all missing children are reported. You know, I couldn't believe that. If a child goes missing, it's not reported. Yeah, that the caregiver wouldn't report it. Yeah, I found that statistic hard to believe. I, I guess there's a factor where a lot of the missing children are considered runaways, mm, which mm-hmm. is I have a problem with that, too. Yeah. Because even if they're considered runaways, I still think they need to be found. Absolutely. So in 2021, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children received more than 29 million reports of suspected child sexual exploitation and more than 17,000 reports of possible child sex trafficking. One in 10 children will be sexually abused before their 18th birthday. That's boy. Yeah. Like that's terrible. Approximately 90% of children who are victims know their abuser. That's even more disturbing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's probably somebody that they trust and it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Major organizations like the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention and Safe to Compete became advocating sounding boards and implementing legislation geared toward educating the public, victim recovery and resource coordination between federal, state and county law enforcement agencies and prosecuting those responsible. In 1980, Congress passed the Parental Kidnapping Prevention Act to help resolve jurisdictional conflicts in children custody cases. Then, in 1982, 
Congress enacted the Missing Children Act. This legislation requires the FBI to record missing children in the National Crime Information Center, NCIC database, to aid law enforcement agencies. I'm really glad that that was created. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. So that they had something standard for these missing children. This they eventually, needed it. Yeah, they definitely needed it. I mean, based off of the numbers, there's a lot of missing kids. Yeah, there's a lot of missing children. So this eventually led to the formation of America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response, also known as the Amber Alert. Did you know the Amber Alert system began in 1996 as a legacy to nine-year-old Amber Hagerman? who was kidnapped and brutally murdered in, guess where? Arlington, Texas. Like, when I was reading this, I was like, oh my gosh. Because I I don't know, I just thought of the Amber Alert as like a newer thing. And so I didn't Mm -hmm. realize like that this girl was actually, me and her are the same age, or she would have been my age. And so I can't believe that it's been out that long. So when you get those Amber Alerts, y'all... I know that they can be kind of annoying and it sounds like there's like an invasion, (laughs) you know, like all kinds of craziness. But please look at those Amber Alerts because you never know how Mm -hmm. you can help. How you can help. Exactly. That's why they're sent out. They're sent out because, you know, you could potentially save a life of of a child. Right. It's information. It's um, informing the public. Hey, we need your help. And finding this child. Yeah. So let's do our part in society, Mm y'all. Presently, the Amber Alert system is operated in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, Indian country. And that sounds kind of weird. So just to kind of give you like an idea of what Indian country is, it's just land that is located within the exterior boundaries of an Indian reservation. Puerto Rico the U.S. Virgin Islands, and internationally in 31 countries. As of May 1st, 2022, 1,114 children were successfully recovered using the Amber Alert system, and 123 children were rescued because of wireless emergency alerts. Now, just to kind of break away for a second, this story was very triggering for me personally. Um, It was triggering for me because I could have been this young lady that we're going to talk about. I Mm -hmm. also could have been Amber. And I know that everybody says, you know, yeah, we all could have. But no, I had a story that was that was kind of like this. And so um, I think I was either six or seven and I was walking home from school And I had a normal route um, that I would usually take to get home. Um, Mm -hmm. But this particular day, like I took a different route and um, it wasn't anything drastically different. Like it wasn't like I went into the woods or anything like that. It was just I got off the bus and instead of going straight, I made a left and then went straight. And so anyway, I remember walking And I remember a car, it was like a gray or tan car was started driving up behind me and it started driving really slow. 
And I turned mm-hmm. around and I looked behind me and I saw it was like a, an old lady in the car. And so, you know, me being an old soul at six, seven years old and loving old people, like I turned around and I waved and the old lady waved back. And so I kept walking and the car kept following me and it kept getting closer and closer to um, like the curb until it came to a stop and the person was about to get out of the car. And, um, you know, I just remember looking back at that and being like, why is this person about to get out of the car? Like, I don't, right. I don't know this person. And so not understanding what's going on. Yeah. Not really understanding what's going on as the old lady who I thought was getting ready to get out of her car. Luckily my mom comes and she sees what's happening and she drives up and as she's driving up, like she's speeding as she's driving up the person who was in the car, like they close the door and then they drive off. And, Oh my gosh. And I just been kidnapped. Yeah. And I mean, who knows what could have happened? Like really in that particular moment, there was no reason why my mom should have even been there. Like, she should have been at work but for some strange reason like she you know was there and you know saved my life like she literally saved my life and it's scary to think that I could have been one of these missing children I could have been um you know sexually assaulted raped I could have been kidnapped I could have been brutally murdered um and this was before there was even an amber alert because this is when I was like six, seven years old. So this story was very, very triggering for me. You know, as I was reading through what happened to this young girl, I just kept thinking like, thank God that this didn't happen to me because it very well could have. So it that was really, have. that was really scary. Um, so that and was it's just in like a my second. Yeah. It's seconds. It's not, it's not this planned think sometimes it's planned but it's in seconds it is you're not i think expecting it exactly i think of like what if my mother had been caught at a red light like those kinds of things like what if she um had to tie her shoe like anything like anything could have prevented her from being in that moment at that particular time so i'm just i'm just grateful so shout out to mrs um the mother of mrs millie red love you appreciate you (laughs) appreciate you mama i'm so sorry that that you had to experience something like that and you know what you want to hear something that's crazy is that a few i want to say a few weeks later when i was in my mom's car we were driving around the city really close to my house and we saw i saw i saw that same car and I saw the person in the car and the person in the car was not an old lady. When I, when I looked at the, when I looked in the car, this, yeah, when I looked in the car, the, like the couple of weeks after I, I, this encounter had happened, it was an, it was a man dressed up as an old woman. What? They had a wig on and they had like a dress on and everything. It was a man. Oh my gosh. So I think that's the 
sinister and that is scarier part of, about the whole that's story. terrifying yeah yeah that's still like i still think about that like to this day you know and that's like that was mm-hmm. 30 years ago like that will always stay with you oh yeah and 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 like that i know it that vividly too like mm-hmm. i'm able to account every single like aspect of of what happened so what happened yeah so you all are gonna hear what this young lady had to endure and i'm telling you if you have children it's it's gonna make you hold them a little closer and tighter and And tighter just make sure that you have these conversations with them yeah even though several organizations are leading the charge in recovering missing and exploited children approximately 2,300 children go missing every day in the United States, which leads us to this brave, incredible woman and her fight to survive as a child. It was August 10th, 2000. Mitzi Sanchez woke up excited with anticipation. Today was the day she turned eight years old. Yeah. In the documentary, she said she didn't want to go to school because... She wanted to help her mom decorate for her party and pick up her birthday cake. Heck yeah, I wouldn't want to go to school either. Yeah, especially if you're having a birthday party and it's your birthday. Who wants yeah. to Who wants to um, learn about math and reading? Exactly. So, I ain't trying to read. But that night was the night her friends were coming over to celebrate another year of life. All right. So, that morning... Mitzi asked her mom if she could stay home. But her mom said, nope, because she didn't want her to miss school. She lived approximately six blocks away from the school, and her mom allowed Mitzi and her siblings to walk home from school. There was one important rule they needed to follow. Never walk alone. But on that day, She was so excited about her party that when that bell finally rang, she rushed out the school without her brother and hurried home. She was about a block away from home when she noticed a man in a car looking at her through the rearview mirror. She had a nasty feeling about him. The man got out of his car, looking feeble with a cane and looked like he needed help. He asked her, if she can help him get something out of his car because his leg was messed up and that he can't bend over. Being that she is a kind and considerate eight-year-old girl, she agreed to help. Mm -hmm. And the moment she opened the car door, he leaned over and put his hands over her mouth and forced her into the car. He threatened that if she screamed, he would kill her. He then drove off with a frightened eight-year-old fearing for her life and freedom. It's terrifying. And you want to know something is, I think I would have been that child that if an older-looking adult come and they're asking me for help, I think I would be the child to be like, okay, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These new school kids, though, they'd be like, man, I don't know you. (laughs) <laughs> like go away i don't know you <laughs> props to generation <laughs> z 
the man drove her to a quiet rest area and gave her used clothes to change into. He then retrieved the chain from his trunk and bound her ankles and secured the chain with a lock and tied the chain to the gear shift. This brave girl began thinking of her plan to escape. She thought maybe if she told him that she needs to use the restroom, he would let her go and she could make a run for it. However, when she asked him to use the restroom, he replied no. And this fool gave her a cup. Like he's a monster. This is ridiculous right here. He forced her to drink alcohol and look at pornographic photos. Oh my gosh. Like I wish that he was in front of me so that I could do bodily harm to him. Really. Um, He then took out his camera, pulled her shorts down and proceeded to take pictures of her. Oh yeah. Just traumatizing her one minute at a time in the documentary. Mitzi shared she felt hurt, confused, and didn't want photos taken of her by this man, which is understandable. (laughs) Yes. I mean, she is eight years old. There's a stranger taking pictures of her as if this is okay. This is normal. And it's not normal. Yeah. It's not okay. I honestly can't imagine like what she was going through in her head, like when all of this was happening. Like, it's just, it's really traumatic. Um, So, obviously, she was completely terrified. So, that night, she forced herself to stay awake and watched him sleep because she didn't know what he was going to do to her. That day, he didn't feed her or provide her with any water. I would have done the same thing. I would have tried. I would have forced myself to try to stay awake. Yeah. To be alert. Yeah. And the fact that she was eight years old and mm-hmm. and thought to do that, um, survival mode. Like it's amazing what right. little children Flight will or do. Fight. Yeah, to, to survive. So um so she was really smart for that. So the next morning he forced her to the floor of the car and covered her with blankets. He left the rest area and drove to the house. You will not believe what this man did. This man drove to Mitzi's home asking for flyers to help pass out around the city. Her parents had no idea he was the kidnapper and their daughter was trapped in his car just a few feet away. So the sheer audacity of this man to do that. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the audacity. Yeah. So if only someone had peeked inside the car. So after he got the flyers, he drove off. Mitzi remembers him driving for a long time. And in that time, they passed other cars and pedestrians walking. She wished someone would see her and recognize her as the missing girl. But nobody did. This man finally parked his um, car near his uh, place of work. So when he did that, he placed blankets over the windows so that no one could see in and would go into the establishments. Check this out. To watch the news and watch her family plead for him to bring her back. 
Whenever he would leave the car, Mitzi would try to escape by jiggling the lock and even tried sliding it off her foot, but it was it was really securely in place. His behavior frustrates me. Why would you do that to an eight-year-old girl? Why? Just sick. Just it sick. can't just be, it can't, I mean, Millie, it can't just always be mental illness. No, Mental yeah. illness cannot be the reason why this person would do this to a child. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like with a lot of people who commit crimes like this, they like to, I don't know if flaunt is the is the word, um, mm-hmm. but it's almost like, I, I feel like it's an adrenaline rush for them, you know? It's so like, for him, like, I feel like it was a, a, an adrenaline rush for him to go to her parents' house and ask for flyers and then right. to watch her parents plead for her on television. Like it's, it's all just like a adrenaline rush for them. I think it's also a sense of control because mm-hmm. him watching the news and to get updates and listen to the parents plead for her captor to, return her home safe i think it's giving him a sense of thrill a thrillness that he's able to control the whole situation yep because he holds the one precious piece that everyone wants which is her yeah they want her to return home safely Mm-hmm. people this story continues to take a very dark turn Mitzi spent a second day in complete terror with a horrible man that kept her hostage and chained to the gear shift of his vehicle. It was also the night he first raped her in his car while parked in an industrial area. While this man violated her body, Mm. eight-year-old Mitzi could only focus on the stars in the sky. She didn't want to look at him or talk to him. She couldn't focus on any items in the car because the car was filthy. In her interview on I Survived, adult Mitzi stated she remembered feeling extreme sadness because she could not understand why a man would do this to a child. Mm -hmm. While raping her, it didn't work out the way he wanted to. So he stopped and became angry. Mitzi continued to focus on the stars because she was even more terrified. She realized she would be with this horrible monster another night. It's awful. She didn't even know if she would ever see her family again or live to see another day. Eight-year-old Mitzi started praying. She was asking God for forgiveness for being a bad little girl and always bugging her sister and not listening to her mom and dad. I'm so sad. Yeah. Oh, this really angers me. Yeah, like this this really didn't sit well in my spirit at all. I mean, it just 
she just felt so alone and helpless. And the fact that she could only look at the stars... I just, I don't know. It's just, I don't understand how a grown up can do this to a child. I just don't understand. He stole her innocence. Yeah. This man stole her innocence. Completely violated her. When she, when she's looking at the stars, she's looking for something beautiful and positive. Mm -hmm. Because something horrible is happening to her Mm -hmm. and dark and twisted. Mm hmm. Something like at at eight, you barely can't even understand. Yeah. On day three, the next morning, her captor left the car to go watch the news on television. He came back to the car, opened the passenger door, leaned over and dropped off an item. Once he left the vehicle and she made sure he was not near the car to watch her, she peeked over and discovered that the item he dropped off people was a set of keys. Mm-hmm. Her critical thinking skills kicked in because she quickly took the keys and used the smallest key to unlock the locks that secured the chain to the gear shift. This girl freed herself from the chain and rolled the window down and hopped off the window. She then saw him yelling for her to come back. And she looked back at him and was like, no, I'm not coming back. Mm -hmm. She walked towards the street, motioning for ongoing traffic until a truck driver stopped. An article we pulled reported that she said, I jumped in front of a semi truck and I said, My name is Mitzi Sanchez. I've been kidnapped. The truck driver had his driver windows rolled down. This brave and quick thinking girl hopped through his window and made her way to to his passenger seat. The truck driver wrote down the license plate number for her captor and then alerted the police. So I wonder... um, Cause I didn't really understand. Did he like when he dropped off his keys was, was it kind of like he was dropping off, like he dropped off his keys, like he put his keys in there or he was going in his car looking for something and his keys fell. I think he dropped it off the way I understood it. It seemed like he, he set an item down. Not thinking. I think what he thought is that he traumatized her Mm -hmm. so badly that she would not think to escape or think to use the keys. Mm -hmm. I don't think he thought that through. And and I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that he he didn't think think that through. Because who knows where she would be right now if she if he didn't do that. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, probably, unfortunately, probably dead. Um, So because of her bravery and the Good Samaritan's involvement, the man was captured and arrested later that day. He was identified as Curtis Dean Anderson. He mm. was brought to trial on multiple charges of kidnapping and rape. Mitzi stated... 
the courtroom was packed. Mm-hmm. She she remembered seeing him in the courtroom sitting in his wheelchair. Like imagine seeing your captor and seeing the person who violated you. What was she going through? She wasn't phased by his appearance because she knew she was safe and was ready to testify against him to put him away. That's some brave stuff right there. There are some adults that that can't even do that, you know? I know, I know. I mean, what I wonder about is him sitting in the wheelchair. I I wonder if he was sick then or if this was a a play to get get sympathy from the jury. Yes, I wonder that too. Because when people are on trial there's a lot of things that have to do with like the optics of the defendant Mm -hmm. and um the prosecutors and so optics you know if they see this man and he looks like he's frail or he's in a wheelchair well how could this man have done all of these things you know so right right so i forget this happened like years ago yes i definitely agree with what you said um yeah so Anderson was found guilty and check this out. This fool was sentenced to 251 years in prison. This man wasn't ever getting out of prison. Like, yeah, sir, he needed he needed to stay there. <laughs> sir, you're going to die here. Like, this is your home mm-hmm. now. He died in prison in 2007 from natural causes. But before he died, Anderson was interviewed by FBI agents in November of 2007. This man, I don't even want to call him a man. I would just want to refer to him as a monster from now on. This monster confessed to murdering Mm. eight victims in the United States, including seven-year-old, and I hope that I'm saying her name right, Ziana Fairchild in Vallejo, California and seven-year-old Amber Swartz Garcia in Pinole, California. Anderson also confessed to two murders in Mexico, but did not provide any information on those victims. So I cannot. Right? Like, this is ridiculous. So Ziana Fairchild disappeared December 9th, 1999, while walking to catch a bus to school. Following his arrest from the kidnapping and rape of Missy Sanchez, Anderson had allegedly told three people, including Ziana's great aunt, Stephanie, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, Kahalukalu, that he was involved in the seven-year-old's disappearance. This <sighs> is this is terrible, so this is traumatic right now. Um, this might cause like a little bit of trauma or you know, whatever, but portions of her skull and jaw were discovered January 19, 2001 in Santa Clara County Road about six miles, I'm sorry, about 60 miles from Ziana's home. So, oh my. Yes. So Amber Swartz Garcia went missing June 3rd, 1988 in Pinole, California when she was seven years old. And I know, like, when we were talking about this originally, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, she's your age. So, like, it was, she would have been your age. You know, like, this is 
this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been playing jump rope in her front yard when she was abducted. Anderson reported to the FBI he killed Amber in a Tucson, Arizona motel room and dumped her body in the desert off Highway 10 near Benson, Arizona. Her remains have not been found. Unfortunately, the FBI are still seeking the public's assistance in identifying the alleged victims of Anderson. I'm so enraged right now because this man had no respect none for these women none whatsoever girls. and he girls. treated them girls and women when it's discovered that he's an actual serial killer right it was girls and women an amazing quote i found from an unknown author reads some people aren't simply born they're made by the storms they walk through to simply put it into words Mitzi is a shiro. And for yes. those who don't know what a shiro is, that is a she hero. Mm -hmm. If Mitzi did not escape, this man would have victimized more girls and young women. Mm -hmm. Mitzi stated she wasn't too happy when she learned he passed away because she wanted him to suffer. Heck yeah. Me too. Me too. So what happened to Mitzi after she escaped? Frankly, she struggled mentally and emotionally. She stopped engaging in therapy and suppressed the traumatic experience, which eventually led her to rely on drugs and alcohol to cope. In 2009, Sanchez was in a terrible car accident and suffered major injuries. Mm -hmm. It was then she discovered she was pregnant. She told a reporter... I had a life-changing experience, and I knew I wanted to be different. Mitzi returned to therapy and eventually began volunteering to help find other missing and exploited children. She found the Missy Sanchez Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to finding children who are missing and exploited. She started a child safety awareness program in which she teaches children on how to be safe. That's amazing. Um, it's amazing that she's incredible. Yeah. All of this stuff happened to her, especially at a young age. And she was able to just manifest all of this terrible stuff and manifest it into something positive to help um, her community and to help yeah. other women or I'm sorry, other children who've gone through what she's gone through. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Even through this very traumatic experience, she is rising above. Still I rise. Yeah. Yeah. So what will we discuss next week, Millie? Oh my gosh. Well, this next story, this hits very close to home for me. Like literally it hits very close to home. Imagine two children under the age of 15 years old who appear to be sweet kids, but end up convicted of murdering their father's girlfriend and being some of the youngest convicted killers ever. You do not want to miss this episode. You don't want to miss this. Y'all don't want to miss this um, This next episode. Mm-mm. Um, mm -mm. Y'all don't want to miss this. But listen, y'all, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at The Criminority Report Podcast. 
check out our website, www.thecriminalityreportpodcast.com. You can also email us at criminalityreportpodcast.gmail.com. You know, if you want us to talk about some some story that you heard or, you know, something you saw on Forensic Files or, or just something. Yeah. Just give, give us some content because, you know, we, we, we looking for this. Y'all, we looking for this. So please give us some feedback. Give us some feedback. So where can they listen to our episodes, Lily? You can rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this incredible story about Mitzi Sanchez. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thank you all All for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I said I'm gonna record it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that really took me by surprise. That belch came from your toenails. My, I was gonna say my soul. <laughs> For this episode, we have a captivating case. I know, I heard that. <laughs> You're like, (laughs) get the phlegm out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hmm. I need my glasses. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Why? You literally went. I was like, I don't know what that word is because I can't read it. Because <laughs> can't see. You girl can't see. All right, now that I got the spectacles on, all right, now I can read. I'm in this trick. Ooh, I'm going to do that whole thing over again. I don't know what I read. <laughs> oh, God. I just realized when you wait. What did you say? You said something. I was like, "What?" <laughs> did you finish? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it's my turn again. Yes. <laughs> he said, "Did you finish?" Yes, ma'am. I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You, it was like you were like did you finish? Did you finish? You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs>